You think about God. You think about it. It's time the world need to hear about what God is doing. I mean, he went in there and he was going, you know, had an issue with your battery. And he said, hey, I want to go fix my battery. And he walked out with a new car. Man, that's God. Amen. That's God. Then going down there with, I just need a new battery. And he can walk out with a new car. That's God for you. Why? Because God is a loving God. He's a good God. And he wants you, his children, to have the very best. That's why he gave you Jesus. So you can have the very best of life. And in that life, there's abundance. He doesn't want you to walk around, you know, hurting and pain and all. That's not God's purpose, plan, and expectation. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed to the Lord and highly favored. You know, Psalms, um, Psalms 33, verse 12. Real quick, it says this. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Because of Jesus, we belong to God. We're God's chosen generation. We're his royal priesthood. We're God's people. And if you're one of God's people, your name is written in the palm of his hand. Do you hear what I just said? If you're one of God's people, your name is written in the palm of his hand. In other words, he knows you by name. That's how important his people, his chosen people, those that recognize him as Lord, that's how important we are, those that recognize him as Lord. We are somebody to him. And he wants you blessed. He doesn't want you sick. He doesn't want you broke. He doesn't want you suffer, suffering. He wants you blessed of the Lord. Every day according to Psalms, Psalm, 60, is it six, Psalm 68, he daily loaded you with benefits. In other words, every day God's got a blessing for you. And it's more than enough. And we know the way God blesses his people. He blesses you three ways. He blesses you spiritually, he blesses you physically, and he blesses you financially. That's the way God blesses people. That's how he wants his people to live. He doesn't want you to live in poverty. He doesn't want you to live broke. He doesn't want you to live in debt. He wants you to be blessed of the Lord and highly favored. But you've got to recognize something here. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In other words, you've got to recognize everything we have comes from God. The very breath, as we were recognizing early, comes from God. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him, in God, we move and have our being. No other way but God. If it wasn't for God, man would not be here. None of this would be here if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Your children wouldn't be here. Your grandchildren wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. It was all in the purpose, plan, and expectation of God. That's why none of us here are an accident. There's no such thing as accidents. How do I know that? Because God recognized Jeremiah in his mother's womb. He told him, he says, I knew you in your mother's womb. I called you that way before you came out. I called you. You belong to me, Jeremiah. Chapter 1. And he says, you have a purpose. You have a plan. You have an expectation. You're somebody to God if you recognize him as Lord. And God wants to bless you. 
every day of your life. And you're coming in and you're going out. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he is there for you. And I know there's times in our life that we may feel that God is far away. We've all been there. I've been there. But the scriptures say he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's always there. To the point where God promised us a savior. And when Jesus fulfilled the promise of God, Jesus told his disciples, you will not be left behind. I, God has somebody for you. As I ascend to heaven, God will send you the promise of a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Everything that this book says is going to happen. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. That means Jesus is coming back. Who is he coming back for? He's coming back for those that recognize God as Lord. That's who he's coming back for. He's coming back people that every day they look up. Every day their mind is on, on who God is. Is it today, Lord? Is it this very second? Is it this very minute? Is it the very hour? Is it the very day? Is it the very week? Is it the very month? Is this the year that Jesus is coming back? In other words, not, their mind is not on the world and what's going on in the world. Their mind is Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Nothing else matters but Jesus is coming back. And in the midst of all that, God's going to take care of everything. As long as we do what he tells us to do. See, how many of you today, be honest, ask God for something? Be honest. You ask God for something. Say, God, I need this. God, I want this. Can you do this for me today? God, can you give me the strength when I go to work? Because you know when I go to work, all those people that I got to deal with that cuss and cheat and lie and and spit and you know you know you know you know what everything else they do can you help me all of us are asking god i mean i ask god every day can you help me lord i'm like i need your strength i need to know what to say today i need to know what to do today because if i try to do what to do and, do and say what to say i'm gonna mess up because i can't trust me don't trust yourself because yourself will lie to you. Flesh lies. Flesh will tell you you can do anything that you try to do it all of a sudden you find yourself flat on the ground and flesh is looking at you. Dummy. Come on. Come on. Amen. Trying to get out there all y'all people that go to the gym and think you can squat and lift and all that and all of a sudden the next day you can't get out of bed because you're like, I'm in pain. But it looked good when you were doing it. Trying to run, and you haven't run in months. Years. You can tell on me, I haven't run in a long time. My greatest, I have the great, my, my muscles are right here. Right here. And forearm. Man, I got the strongest swallowing muscles ever. But you, you can't trust your flesh. Only person you can trust is God. But how many of you today ask God for something? Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, who has saved us, that's our scripture for the year, 
and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world. It, it is in God's purpose and grace. It is in that purpose and grace of our God to show you in the midst of life, everyday life, that he loves you and he's good to you. And he wants you to have the very best. And he doesn't have a problem you asking him for something. The worst thing a person can do is say, oh, I can never ask God for nothing. No way. I'm going to ask God for everything. Why? Because he's my daddy. He's your daddy God. Remember, as a born-again believer, because of Jesus Christ, we've been grafted in. We've been grafted in to God, and he is our Abba Father. He's your daddy God. And God looks forward to his children to call on him, to ask of him. But what makes God, uh, this, this is what makes God just, just, just ooze with just love for us, is when we do what he asks us to do. We're always asking God, God, can you do this for me? God, can you do this for me? God, and you know, the scripture says in Psalm 30, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of the Lord. If you make yourself pliable, in other words, if you do what he asks you to do. See, God has no problem to do for you. Why? Because Matthew chapter 7 says, it says, ask, and it shall be given unto you. If you ask, you shall receive. In other words, why? Why is that scripture there? Because it, the reason why God put it there is because he wants you to ask him. And his word is above his name. So in other words, God has to honor his word. He has to listen to what you're asking him for. And if you're a person that recognizes him, him as Lord, he has no problem giving you what you ask him to. Where he has a problem is, is many times people don't recognize God as Lord. They don't recognize him. And the only time they ask God for something is when they're in trouble. And many times they come up short. See, when you look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 7, he's talking about people that recognize him as Lord. And when you recognize God as Lord, he has no problem giving you the desires of your heart. So if you, how many of you want a new car? Come on. Pay for How many of you want a new house? Paid for. How many of you want a new job? <laughs> she wants a new job. Well, go get it. The post office is hiring. <laughs> Welcome to Walmart. They're hiring. I got a manager right here. I got two other managers out of here. They'll be they'll welcome them and go go work for Publix. Come on. They're always looking for new people. Just be a witness and pay your tithe. Give seed. And watch God bring you up the ladder. Hallelujah. See, when you look at this scripture, Matt, when, when Matthew chapter 7, it's, it's very profound here because it's for people that recognize God as Lord. 
And God has no problem giving the desires of his people what they ask for. What does it say here? Let's go back and read it. Matthew chapter 7. It says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. What a promise. What a promise there. In other words, there is no difficulty in believing that if you recognize God as Lord. Why? Because back there, what I just read and saw, he talked about you're, you, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance from God. And it's just sitting in heaven. Now, how many of you want some of your inheritance? Why do you want to keep it in heaven? Trust me, it's more than enough. You ain't going to spend it all. Why? Because God is a God of abundance. Even though you don't deserve it, he'll still just overwhelm you with his love. None of us in this room deserve, deserve his love, but because he loved us, because he loved us first. It wasn't the other way around. We loved him first. That's why he said, Jesus, no. For God so loved the world. He loved us first. He gave. He gave us, to, he gave us first. He didn't wait for man. Man would never give. Man was a taker. Man took from God. But because he overlooked it and said, you know what? I will not allow what man did in the garden. I will not allow that affect me and how I love my creation. So I'm going to give. I'm going to show you how to give. In other words, I'm going to show you how to look past the ugly and allow love to cover a multitude of sin, which is Jesus. That's how God can love us, because love covered the multitude of sin. The love of God, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus, and Jesus, because he loved the Father so much, he gave his life. And when he gave his life, the, the ultimate sacrifice, sacrifice cleansed us from all sin. And we're no longer separated from God, but we have been restored back to the Father. So we can ask. We can seek. We can knock. And those, verse 8, for everyone that asks, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. For what is a man is, the, is there of you whom is, is of, is, if his son asks bread, will, be, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. We're, we're seeing here that God is looking for us to ask him. And there's nothing wrong to ask of God. There's nothing wrong to ask God for something. Why? Because when you recognize who you are as a born-again believer, and you know your life is, is pure before God, in other words, you're holy, righteous, and sanctified. You have no problem in asking God for anything. 
Because you know when you ask and you are one of his, you, you're one of his children, you know you're going to receive. Now here's the time. Here, here, here's, here, here's what you need to look at. When you ask God for something, sometimes it happens instantly. Sometimes it takes longer. Doesn't mean God did not hear you. Doesn't mean God said no. It's just certain things take longer than others. You got to realize that. How, how long did Daniel pray till the angel showed up? You know the story of Daniel before he got thrown in the lion's den? He was a man of prayer. And we know the story. They, they, they made, they, they, you, know, a you know, a bunch of men didn't like Daniel because bottom line, they were jealous because Daniel was Jewish and they weren't. They were Persian. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and God elevated Daniel in a position of authority and they didn't like it. So what did they do? They came, they came up with a scheme and they basically took advantage of the king and they coerced him to sign a deal of no more praying. But Daniel said, whatever. Daniel went to his house, opened up every window, and he prayed. That's boldness. And then all of a sudden, the angel shows up. And the angel shows up and he begins to talk to him and says, Daniel, you don't understand what I had to, what it, what it took me to get here. There's some fighting in the atmosphere. And let me tell you something. There's still fighting in the atmosphere. They're still fighting. Why? Because demons are real. Especially now when the body of Christ took a knee and they shut their doors, they just opened up hells and they just allowed every demon to run, run its course. And we're seeing the ramifications of what has happened and the choices of where the body of Christ is made. And does it, when you keep, you keep asking God, you keep seeking God, you keep knocking at the door. Why? Because those that ask will see. Those that seek will find. Those that not, the door will be open unto you. You just got to keep faithful in doing what you're supposed to do. It doesn't mean God is not listening. You don't understand what is happening in the atmosphere. And it's real, people. Hatred is real. A demon of hatred is real. I mean, ungodliness, wickedness, lawlessness. Pride. You know why pride is so wrong? It's because there's a little letter in there. It's, it's called I. When you all you do is focus on I, you're in trouble. Because it comes before the fall. And the devils are going to fall, people. Because pride comes before the fall. The devils are going to fall. There's going to come a day, as I said earlier, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Every demon, that every ugly demon that has been released will bow down to Jesus. Even the devil himself will bow down to that name. Every tongue shall confess. And not only will they bow, but they will confess him as Lord. Doesn't say he, they, 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 they repented. No, 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 no. They will be cast in fire. They will be cast in the fire. You were never called to be cast in the fire, but if you join yourself to those 
you will find yourself in the lake of fire. I didn't say that. This word says this. Jesus talks about it. Read the book of Revelation. It's real, people. It's already happening. I, I was reading an article today how the, our government, not trying to be political, but our government is already coming against the church. And they pretty much says, if you refuse us communion, we will take your 5013C away. We'll take it away if you refuse us communion. That's what's going on right now. So the, that church is in a pickle. That church, either they're going to follow the word or they're going to take another knee. And when I read it, I said, this, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Now, what do I have to do? What do I do? Do I just throw up my hand and say, oh, God, what am I going to do? No, no, I'm just going to keep seeking the Lord. I'm going to keep it. God, God, I'm asking you for revival. I'm asking you for, because without revival, Lord, God, this nation is doomed. I'm asking for revival. And God, you said if I ask, I shall receive. I recognize you as Lord and Savior. I recognize you as the King of Kings. I recognize you as the creator of heaven and earth. I recognize you as, as, as the coming King. I recognize that you are God. And God, because I ask you in Jesus' name. Because Jesus said, if you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. It's all right here. It's all right here. It's all here. But the sad thing is, back in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 27, this is where a lot of people are at, which is very sad. And I pray that you do not fall in this trap. It says here in verse 21 through 27, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, that you fall not into that trap. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here it is. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Who is going to enter the kingdom of heaven? It's those that do the will of the Father. Those that do what God tells them to do. We have no problem asking God for something. And he is faithful and just to give you the desires of your heart. But when it comes down to it, when it's time for God to ask you for something, are we willing to do it? Are we willing to do when God tells us? If he tells us to engage people, are we willing to do it? Or are we going to say, Lord... We can't do that right now because we have to social distance ourselves. Let me read it again. It didn't say that. Not everyone it says, but he that doeth the will of the Father, only if allowed by the government to, you know, oh, you know, unless CDC says so and the WHO says so and you've, and you've been, and you took all the, you know, precautions in life. No, it didn't say that. It says, he that doeth the will of my Father. In other words, God does not look at disease and say, oh, well, because it's disease out there. Does it mean, no, 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 no. God doesn't look at Why? Because he sent Jesus. And Jesus said, by, your stri by my stripes you are healed. 
I paid an awesome price. I was beaten so every sickness and disease cannot touch you. Pastor, that, if that was true, then why did I get sick? Because we all get sick. Who's, now, let me show, raise a hand if you've never been sick in your life. Come on. Raise your hands if you've never been in the hospital. Raise your hand if you've never, oh, praise God. Raise your hand if you've never taken medication. Does that make you less of a Christian? Does that make you less of a person? Does that make you far away from God? No. No. I'm going to get there in a second. In Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that comes to church... Not everyone that sits in the front row, not everyone that works in ministry that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. What enters the kingdom of heaven is those that do the will of the Father, which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. So did Judas. He was one of the disciples that Jesus sent out. In Matthew chapter 10. And in Luke chapter 10. He sent them out. Yes, Judas was one of those ones that was sent out. And he did all these things. But where did he find himself at the end? Under a rope hanging on a tree. So you, you, you need to understand things here. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And, when, and then well, will I profess unto them I never knew you? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things, sayings of mine, and doeth them. Here it is right here. I, let me read it again. Therefore, verse 24. It's not about according, go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1. verse. It's not according to your works and what you think you've done for God. It's according to his purpose and grace. What is the purpose and grace? Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell and great was the fall of it. What do you see here? Jesus is showing us a wise man and a foolish man. See, a wise man is going to do what he is told to do. God has already laid the foundation through Jesus Christ. God ain't going to build your house. He's given you the sure foundation. He's given you the foundation that has withstood everything the devil can come up with. He's already beat the devil. 
That foundation cannot be moved. Foundation. I didn't say house. I said foundation. There's a big difference between house and foundation. 1992, Hurricane Andrew came through. It messed up all of South Miami. All the houses were torn down. The foundations were still there, but all the houses were torn down. And listen to me. Many believers lost their houses. How can that be, God? How can that be? Why? Because it rains. It, the rain will come. The wind will come. The floods will come. On the wise and the foolish. Because you got sick with COVID doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Because my father died because of COVID doesn't mean God didn't love my father. It rains, the wind blows, the flood comes. My dad, my dad still had the foundation. Oh, death, where is thy sting? What was meant for evil turned around for good because he ain't here anymore. Oh, yeah, do I miss my dad? Who does it? But he's in heaven. Why? Because he had a foundation. See, you may lose your house. You may lose whatever. You may lose a family member. But you can always rebuild. You can always rebuild upon the right foundation. You can't build on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the wrong foundation. You can't build on the sand. You know what sand is? Nothing but broken promises. Eroded erosion. Because the foundation was never secured. Was never tested. That's why you need, to, you, you need to pray about before when you go looking for a house, you just don't move anywhere. You just don't live in anything. You pray about it and you ask God to show you where, where to live because you need to have the right foundation because there were all, I don't know about you, but last night it was a monsoon in my house. I mean, it was coming out. I mean, lightning was so, I mean, Pastor Diane told me this morning in the back of her house, lightning struck the back of her house. I mean, boom, just, I'm like, it was lightning, it was thundering. I mean, the, the rain was coming so hard. My dogs were like this, and they all want to come in their house, and friend, Pastor Francis is like, come into the room. I'm like, no. I ain't sleeping downstairs again. I mean, when it poured on me, my, my old dog Jackson, he's like, this is, man, he's like trying to find, he's walking around, he won't lay down, he's going in the back of the, the, in the, into the, into where the washer and dryer is, and he's coming back, and then he finally goes upstairs, and he stayed right next to Pastor Francis all night. I'm not going anywhere. But don't get caught up in the, the house and all that part. Focus on your foundation. Those that make God their Lord, those that recognize God as their Lord and have Jesus in you, don't worry about what you've lost. God's going to give you the ability to rebuild. 
God's going to get, and it's going to be stronger, and it's going to be better. Just don't be foolish. Don't be foolish and say, oh, I already know what to do. You never know what to do because you never know what's around the corner. See, you know, meteorologists every year tell you how many storms are going to happen. And, and all, the, all the industries, they just, they, they're just salivating life because the more storms they project, the more money they want to make. And, of course, they already jacked the prices up. So they want these storms to come because they know you're going to panic because we're, 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 we're creatures of habit. We wait to the last minute. Come on. And then we take all the toilet paper. <laughs> Unless you're like certain people that's got, you know, a garage without, without naming their names. And I know where I'm going. <laughs> Ramen noodles for a year. <laughs> Two years. Anyway. But you don't have to worry about the storms. I don't have to worry about the rain, the wind, the rain. I don't worry why. Because I know who God is. Lord, hey, the house fell down. I need a new one. God says, okay. Let, let's, let's go get a new one. Because you know where the value is? The value is not in the house. The value is in the foundation. You wouldn't believe how many people call once a week that want to buy this, this property. Every week we got realtors upon realtors, people that want to buy. Why? Because they understand this is good foundation. And then believe me, when we built this church and we had to dig, we didn't have to go that far. We were blessed. There's a reason why God put us there. And there's a reason why all these companies every week are constantly calling us. They want this property. Why? Because the foundation is good. Why? Because when you are wise, you built upon a good foundation. Even though the winds come, the rains come, and all that, fret not. Because God's in control. Just stay true to Him. Don't lose sight in who God is. Don't lose sight. Let me go back and read it. Blessed. Here it is. Psalms 33 is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation. In other words, blessed, I'm going to just put it this way. Blessed is ALM. Who's ALM? Yeah. Whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen. That's right. He has chosen you. That's why you two you lovely ladies back there, you came here for one reason. But this is the real reason why you're here. Because God loves you. You just... Let God be God. He'll work out the rest. He has chosen for us his own inheritance. We are God's inheritance. Never question who you are. When the devil comes at you this week, because he will, you just remind him, remind him 
you're messing with the wrong person. I am God's inheritance. You are messing with the wrong person because I know my God. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my King. Oh, you mess with the wrong person because I am God. And let me tell you something. You tell God that, you point your finger. That tells you, oh, you're not good to point. Yes, it is a good to point. You point both fingers. And I'm not talking about the middle finger. I'm talking about the pointing finger. Because <laughs> the world does the middle finger. And the, the middle finger doesn't move the devil. <laughs> These two pointing fingers right here, you point your finger at that devil, that sickness, that disease, that circumstance, that situation, that ungodly child. That un unhappy wife or husband, that circle, whatever it may be, job, business, whatever it is, you point and say, you're messing with the wrong person. Line up in Jesus' name because I am the inheritance of God. Amen?